Let's pray and then get into the word. Dear Father, we thank you so much for our church family that we oh, we do have each other to witness together, to do these events together, to pray together, whether it's early in the morning or on our own or at Focus tonight. We thank you for Tim and Mary for the way they've served, especially on the student team, especially with this focus group. We love them so much. We pray that tonight would be precious and that you would go with them. And Lord, I imagine they'll get a, a new small group somewhere and we pray that they would love it being there. They would quickly grow into that community and be as much a blessing there as they have been here. Tonight, Lord, we want to listen to you. Please quiet in our hearts, our minds. May we be really, really attentive to your voice. And may we not only hear, but obey and be changed. Thank you for each other that we get to open the Bible together, that there'll be people around the table who have insights that we don't have and we need each other tonight. So I pray that church would function as it should tonight and that would bring great glory to you. Amen. Right. um, Week seven of... Moving forward in Christ-likeness, remember the first three weeks were foundations, um, and now we're continuing to think about how we move forward in Christ-likeness. We've been thinking about the trees. I'm still here. And particularly last week, we're thinking about the gospel and how you take, understand different dimensions and elements of the gospel and specifically go, oh, I need to hear, remember that in my heart, so that it changes how I think and how I feel and how I live. We're going to be riffing riffing on the same theme tonight, particularly thinking about how we take the word and truth of scripture more, more broadly and specifically speak it into our hearts, into our negative ways of thinking and feeling and believing about God, so that the spirit will transform us through the word to bear good fruit. What I'd like you to do um, is get your booklets and um, the page where you're going to write notes. And I'd like you to, are you ready? Have you all got it? Ready? I'd like you to fold it in half. Okay, fold it in half. Go. Thanks. So get, just get the, the page. No, no, not fold it in half, like the booklet in half. That's easy. Fold the page in half. That's it. As James has demonstrated, fold it in half like that. Okay, vertically. <laughs> it's all right, Tim. Go to Oxford. <laughs> fold, fold in half. Great. Have you done it? Wow, that was difficult. <laughs> Quarters would ruin the image. That, that folding the page in half is what I want you to remember from tonight, which, given the shenanigans, is probably what you will remember. Folding the page in half is what I want you to remember tonight. That's the basic lesson about how the Bible changes us, the folding of that page in half, okay? We're going to be particularly looking at some Psalms tonight. And the Psalms that we're going to look at, and a few of them are like this, are basically a piece of paper folded in two. And on what you find in these two halves, in these psalms, on one half of the page, the psalmist pours out how they feel. They're pouring out their heart. They're talking about their their fears, their troubles, their doubts, sometimes wrong thinking, even sinful desires. But then you get this point where you're reading the psalm where it feels like 
They fold it in two. There's like this light bulb moment where they go, I'm feeling, I'm thinking all this, but fold it in two. And on the other half of the page, the psalmist writes truth, God's perspective. It's like they wake up and they start speaking and counteracting the lies that they were believing on this half with truth on this half. They counteract the fear they wrote down on that half. On the other side, they they write about hoping God. On on this side, they put their big, heartfelt questions about God. On this side, they start writing answers from God. And it's like you could, you could fold it down the middle and see the two halves. And that is a real model to us to show how the Bible speaks kind of one half into our false way of thinking and acting and speaks into the other half how we should be thinking, feeling, etc. truth. So we need to learn tonight to fold the page in two. Fold the paper in two. That's what tonight's about. So let's look at a couple of examples quickly, um, and then you're going to do one more in depth in your study. Psalm 74. Please turn there. Page 587. Okay, I'm going to read this, and as I read, I want you to think, where would I put the fold in this psalm? Where's the turning point? Psalm 74, page 587. Oh God, why have you rejected us forever? Why does your anger smolder against the sheep of your pasture? Remember the nation you purchased long ago, the people of your inheritance whom you redeemed, Mount Zion where you dwelt. Turn your steps towards these everlasting ruins, all this destruction the enemy has brought on the sanctuary. Your foes roared in the place where you met with us. They set up their standards as signs. They behaved like men wielding axes to cut through a thicket of trees. They smashed all the carved paneling with their axes and hatchets. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the dwelling place of your name. They said in their hearts, we will crush them completely. They burnt every place where God has worship, was worshipped in the land. We are given no signs from God, no prophets are left, and none of us know how long this will be. How long will the enemy mock you, God? Will the foe revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the fold of your garments and destroy them. But God is my king from long ago. He brings salvation on the earth. It was you who split open the sea by your power. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the heads of Leviathan and gave it as food to the creatures of the desert. It was you who opened up springs and streams. You dried up the ever-flowing rivers. The day is yours, and yours also is the night. You established the sun and moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Remember how the enemy has mocked you, Lord. How foolish people have reviled your name. Do not hand over the life of your dove to wild beasts. Do not forget the lives of your afflicted people forever. Have regard for your covenant because um, haunts of violence fill the dark places of the land. Do not let the oppressed retreat in disgrace. May the poor and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God. Defend your cause. Remember how fools mock you all day long. Do not ignore the clamor of your adversaries, the uproar of your enemies, which rise continually. All right, where would you put the the fold? On one side, fear, anxiety. Where's God? On the other side, hope. Verse 12, verse 12, right? That's the fold. Before that, 
fear. But then verse 12, but, but, fold the page in half, God is my king from long ago. Okay, so let's, let's briefly think about what goes on the first side of the page. What's going on in the psalmist's heart? Well, we can figure out something of the circumstances that are going on. I know this is dipping into a psalm, but basically this is the destruction of the temple. This is uh, when God's people were overrun, they're going into exile. There's a lot about the temple, the sanctuary, verse 7, being burnt to the ground, the dwelling place of your name. That's the temple. It's been overtaken, defiled, and destroyed. And um, God's warnings have come true. And so verse 1, the way the psalmist puts it, oh God, why have you rejected us forever? He wonders if this is it for Israel. Have you rejected us forever? That's a very strong thing to say. And then in verse 9, he feels the silence of God. We're given no signs from God, no prophets. None of us know how long this is going to happen. And then verse 11, you get this image of, of kind of arms folded. Why do you, God, why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the folds of your garments. It's like, God, you, have you got your hands folded? Your arms folded? You're not doing anything. So what's the overriding emotion on that first half of the page? It's terror, isn't it? The fear that God, this time, this time God's not going to act to save them. That's, that's a terrifying perspective to be stuck in. Okay, then we get verse 12. Folded down the middle. But God is my king from long ago. He brings salvation on the earth. Yes, fear. Yes, the heat, destruction of the temple, is real. It's been destroyed. But then we get this new perspective. The truth of God to meet the heart of fear and to fill it with hope. Okay, so next half of the paper, what does he write down? What are the things that he says to himself? Um, well, so instead of wondering whether God's got his arms folded, verse 13, he talks about um, and, and tells himself about God's unleashing of power in creation. It was you who split open the seas by your power and broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It's poetic language for creation. You haven't got your arms folded. You're, you're the God of, who made the world. Instead of thinking about God, your enemies seem to have won forever. He thinks about this beautiful, this, this incredible image of God smashing and defeating this, this um, sea monster called Leviathan who kind of represents chaos and God's enemies. Did you see that uh, in verse 14? It was you who crushed the heads of Leviathan. The enemies seem to be winning, fold the page. Now God is the one who, who always defeats his enemies. And do you see how he's speaking truth to himself? He fears God's inactivity. So he speaks to himself about God's creative power. He fears the victory of God's enemies. So he tells himself that God crushes his enemies. So he's building up on this side of the paper, hope and truth and perspective. And then that changes the way he prays. Instead of crying out in the kind of hopeless anguish at the start, he cries out again, but with much more hope-filled prayers. Uh, verse 22. Rise up, God. Defend your cause. Um, verse 20. Have regard for your covenant. Keep your promises, God. He's much more hopeful this time around. So can you see the difference between the two halves of the psalm? The first lays out his honest response to the heat of exile, 
and destruction of the temple, fear, terror, God, where are you? Then he folds in half. And this perspective brings truth and hope on the reality of God. Fold it in half. All right. Let's do another one. Psalm 77. Yeah, it's just, you know, there. So as I read it, look for the fold. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. That means he couldn't get comfort. I remembered you, God, and I I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles a long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God, who, what God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Through the foot, um, though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is desperate. First side, you feel something, you read something that you might have actually experienced. Crying out to God, God, where are you? But then feeling like he's not there. I held out untiring hands. Verse two, I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. He he thinks back to um, when he when things were much better in his relationship with God. I thought, verse 5, about the former days, the years long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. I remember, I remember I used to have joy in God. And so when I thought about that and meditated on it, my spirit asked, well, will, will you reject me forever? I used to have a great relationship with God, it, but now it feels like God's gone forever. Will he never show favor again? Has his love vanished forever? You, you see the pain. But he doesn't stop there. He folds the page in two. Where's the fold? Verse 10. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I remember your miracles from long ago. I'll consider, very active word, all your works. And another one, meditate on your mighty deeds. So do you see that the psalmist makes a concerted effort to turn his thoughts to what he knows is true about God despite his experience. 
God wants to hear the experience. That's important. But he's got to turn to the truth that he knows. His circumstances are painful. His heart is filled with anguish. God feels distance. But he knows there is some truth for me to turn to in this. And he especially turns to God's past actions. And verse 13, he preaches to himself about God's character. Verse 13, your ways, God, are holy. What God is great is our God. So on one side of the page, he he wonders if God's promises have failed for all time. But then on the other side, he goes, no, 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 there's no God greater than our God. He's holy. In fact, what does he go back to? What does he think back to? Anyone pick it up, what it was? Shout it out. What's the big story he thinks about? Anyone pick it up? Verse 20 is a big clue. Go on. Yeah, going through the Red Sea, the Exodus. So what he turns his mind back to is the Exodus, which for the Israelites was the quintessential display of God's rescue. I feel like God is never going to love me again, but I do remember the Exodus happened. (laughs) Going through the Red Sea. He folds the paper in two. And he speaks truth into his heart filled with fear and terror and lack of perspective. So what is this thing? This folding the paper in two in two halves. Another way of talking about it is preaching to yourself. That's what this is. This is preaching to yourself. This is self-counseling. And this is what you need to do. This is what I need to do. To grow in Christ-likeness. To have our hearts transformed by the word and spirit. It's one of the key ways, especially when the intense heat comes along. Listen to this quote from a preacher called Martin Lloyd-Jones. Some of you will have heard this before, where he talks about the whole preaching to yourself thing. Listen to this. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You've not originated them, but they start talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday and so on. Somebody is talking. It's true. We've got, like, there's always someone talking to us, isn't there, in in our heads. Who's talking? Yourself is talking to you. Now, the man's treatment was this, uh, yeah, this is the, the, uh, the advice. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he started talking to himself. This is, this is how the Psalms talk. Why are you downcast? My soul, he asks. He starts talking to himself. Why are you downcast? His soul has been depressing him, crushing him. So he stands up and says, Self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. (laughs) And that's what these Psalms are doing. He goes down one side, goes down one side, and then goes, time to fold it. Self, I'm going to speak truth to you. And this works for all different kinds of experiences in the Christian life. The couple of Psalms that we just looked at, particularly when we're experiencing sorrow and fear and anxiety, distance of God maybe. And I I really want to encourage you, it's so important, we need to lay out before God the first side of the page. And do that, listen to your heart stuff I said about the other week. What am I thinking, Lord? What am I feeling? What am I experiencing? What am I thinking about you? Lay it out. But Then you've got to fold the page in half. Bring to mind then, okay, God, this is the truth I need to hear. These are the realities about your character, about what you've done, that in that fear, I need to hear. 
Speak to yourself. Soul, I'm going to talk to you. That's what you need to do. The truth will correct your perspective. But you've got to be active about it. It won't happen. Most of us will just wallow in the fear. We never fold the page. We just stay there. We wonder why we never get out of it. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's quick. We've got to actively, together, fold the page, speak truth. But this also works not just fighting fear and anxiety, but also in battling sin in particular. And the psalm that you're going to get into has more kind of sinful attitudes and perspectives. And this really helps to, to actively take the fight to our sinful thinking and feeling in our hearts. We need to preach truth to our hearts. So fold the paper in two, lay out your sin before God. Recognize your thoughts, your feelings about the world, about your life, about God. And then you've got to learn to fold the paper, speak truth to yourself, identify where your perspective's gone wonky. Let God give you perspective. Identify where you're, God, I'm, I'm really loving this thing so much that it's causing me so much pain. I'm loving it more than you. Remind yourself of how much better God is and so on. And this is how we can help each other. And maybe I could institute a new phrase for the Globe Church. If someone comes up to you and a uh, friend and focus maybe or whatever it is and they're, they're struggling with, with fear, with anxiety, with the distance of God or with sin and they want to battle it and they want help, you would say, all right, let's fold the page in two. Okay, that's what we do. We need to fold the page in two. This is how we can help each other, not just by ourselves. You sit down, maybe get a piece of paper and fold it in two. Go, all right, what are you feeling? Let's talk about it. Let's lay out before God what's going on in your heart, in your mind. Lay it out. Okay, together now, because we're church. Let's do this together. Let's fold the page in two. Let's find some truth somewhere in the Bible that you need to hear to really meet that perspective, those lies, that, that struggle, whatever it is. And write it out together. Pray it through together. Read Bible passages together, books together that are the other half of the page. Speak truth to each other. Fold the page in two. So next time you come to me and you say, Phil, I'm struggling with this, I'm going to say, let's fold the page in two. That's what we're going to do. And we can follow these Psalms through it. So what you're going to do now is in Psalm 73, it appears the 70s are quite good for this, you're going to get into this one. This is another folded psalm. There are loads of folded psalms. Hopefully you're going to spot them through the rest of your life. Um, And get into this and speak some truth to each other. Let's pray and then keep listening to God. Let's pray. Lord, we want to start by thanking you that you are the God who really cares about what we're thinking or feeling. You don't tell us to shut up. You don't tell us to bottle it up. You don't tell us we're being ridiculous. You really care. You are very patient and compassionate. And we praise you for these psalms that model that to us, that genuine expression of anguish, admission of sin, confession. Just honestly, Lord, this is just how we're seeing things. We thank you that Well, it's like the gospel, there is a change that can happen. Lord, we don't have just the exodus to look back to, we have the cross to look back to. That one rescue that is always there, no matter what is going on, we can always look back to that and we praise you. Thank you that the cross is the thing that folds the page. That means there is always a, there's always a tomorrow. There's always a new day. There's always hope. There's always grace. There's always an answer. 
And we pray especially, Lord, because we really want to fight our sin and we really want to grow in Christ-likeness. Help us to especially speak the truth of the cross into our sinful thinking and behavior. And would you change our hearts by the truth of the gospel? Help us now. Get us into Psalm 73 to learn and to listen to this brother in, in, in the Lord who, who has experienced this before us. And please teach us that we could help ourselves and each other to grow in Christ-likeness. Amen.